Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. It's another episode of Fistful of Collars and a very special one because... Special. Very special because we have a VIP. None other than... Good to be here, guys. Three times... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that guy. Oh my God, stop it. <laughs> well, no, hey, three-time world champion and, wait there a sec, Brazilian national champion, European champion, Pan-American champion, world masters champion... That's a lot of gold medals. Claudia Duval is here in the studio with us. That I'm old. <laughs> oh yeah, we we leave the masters one off, right? So, but that's a lot of gold medals in a in a in a short space of time. Three years. That's a hell of a resume. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually like surprised, like because uh, I have the. Um, I started training really late, so like I'm really proud of whatever results I get. And um, being able like to win worlds like three years in a row, I'm, I'm super proud of that. Even like you know starting late, like because how late is late? Sorry, how old? Is, how old I was late? 21 when I started, and there's wow. many girls that they're competing now as black belts at 21, and that's the age I started training. So like wow. uh, that is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So belt. I'm I'm quite proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And number one ranked IBJJF as well, right? Yes. The de- <laughs> which, which, that one. No, which season was that? Uh, this last season, 2018-2019. And I also got uh, Nogi for place for last year, 2018. Wow. Chasing that ranking uh, isn't easy, right? You're on the road uh, like every weekend, basically? Yeah, so like you got to, because uh, the IBGF does like however many tournaments you do, you get points. So like I've been chasing the tournaments. So it's pretty much every weekend with a different tournament. Yeah, you flew in even from now, just from New York, right? And you were in yeah, Connecticut. I was and there, yeah. When was the last time you were home? I was home for about two months uh, in April and May. April like and May. A little bit of March, <laughs> April and May. But home is wow. Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, Rio. But even in Brazil, I traveled a little bit. A little bit? Yeah, <laughs> I had some tournaments. We actually, uh, we actually have a clip playing right now. You can see that uh, this go. is the uh, this is the final from Worlds 2019. Yeah, this yeah. year. There you go. That was a, a crazy submission, right? Yeah, that's and my face. I I swear I looked cute because <laughs> I was trying to smile, but I was crying at the same time, so it just looks creepy. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's that emotion like for you? You know, not everybody gets to win a world championship. What's, uh, what's, and it, obviously, you, you know. You got some big emotions on display right there. What, what was that moment like for you? Yeah, because uh, so I had this thing where like I'm think I'm 
old. I know I'm not super old, but I, I still like uh, every time. Like I remember my first words are like, "This is my only chance. I'm never gonna be able to do this again because I'm old." And like I always have this feeling, or like I'm, I'm old, I'll never have another chance. And uh, this was one of those moments. Like I was feeling like that before. You know, the tournament was like, "I'm never doing this again. This is my last chance. I really want to do this." And like when I won, I was just like so happy that. He happened, so that that was why the, the creepy smile. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of doubting yourself going into it. Uh, it's yeah, it's kind of doubting, but like I don't still to this day I don't like the feeling before a tournament. Like mm. every you get time, nervous, right? Super nervous. Like every time I get there, I want to go home immediately. Like I don't want to be there. Like I, uh, but I keep signing up for the tournament <laughs> like every, every, every weekend. Every time there's a new tournament, they go, "Oh, let's sign up!" And then like the t- what second, what a dichotomy there. You hate it, but you can't stop going to it. And then like, the second I get there, like, why do I keep doing this to myself? And the, so like I don't like the feeling. Like, but I've been trying to deal with this. Like. Um, I've been trying to accept like there this this one thing I always tell myself like it's fine when you lose like it, it's not um um it's isn't it's never done all the greatest names that everybody has a, a loss and like it it doesn't make them any less like uh one of like my 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 good friends like I admire like like Bruno he loses it, but doesn't make him any less. I mean, he, he's still Bruno ten-time world Malfacini. Malfacini. Right, He's right. still ten-time world champion. He's still like the one of the greatest ever. So, like, and, and there's like I always like uh, take that as example. Like people that I admire, like they lose, and, and it's fine. It's people are not gonna be hating you. If they did, they already did before. So. <laughs> it, it, it's true, right? There it's is, fine. There is like nobody is undefeated. Mm. Yeah, nobody. Right? And uh, so it happens to everybody. And like, I don't know if I have this fear on my head, like, oh, if I lose, I, I'm not going to be able to teach seminars anymore. Because that's how my dad kind of thinks. I don't know if he's watching. I told him. <laughs> I love you, dad. Shout out. <laughs> uh, he, but he is like, every time I lose a tournament, he calls me right away. He's like, can you still teach seminars? Is, is it's a lot of pressure a, from dad coming down. <laughs> I don't think he understands it. Like, it's fine. It's okay. Like, he's like, is anybody going to your seminar? Like, like yeah, there's, it's fine. Like, he is, it's okay to lose. And I... Still a three-time world champion. <laughs> yes. Can't take those wins away, right? Yeah. And um, you're, like, putting yourself out there, even if you end up uh, with a loss, like, even if you have, like, two, three great matches, you're still putting your name out there. Like... If you have one great match, like you, you still like have a video to show, like somebody like might uh, you know see you finally. So you're still putting your name out there, even if you don't come out with the girl. So that's something like I know it, but I'm just trying like to work with that because like I know I'm not invincible. I I don't have any like idea that I am, but nobody likes losing, and like this is a this is a feeling that I'm trying like to deal with myself like. It's okay to lose. You gotta accept that it happens, and it's tough, right? Go ahead. No, I was just curious. Uh, I want to bring it back a little bit. You said you started at 21. When did you start competing seriously and thinking, man, I could be a great at this. I could be a world champion, maybe. So I used to do judo before jujitsu. I did judo for about three years. Mm-hmm. And I competed a little bit in judo. Same thing. I hated being there. I was there. I wanted to go back home. And then when I transitioned to jiu-jitsu, I competed uh, three times as a white belt. Uh, one time in the blue belt, maybe. And then all the same time, all the time, all the feeling, I don't want to be here. I want to go back home. So I didn't compete for like five years again after that. Wow. And then like, so the my first like introduction 
uh, interjection back to the scene. It was, um, I have a friend back in uh, Brazil, you know, Oscar, the mm -hmm. Niachi. He has the, the, the dojo. dojo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the confetti. So he had like a matched uh, thing. So in my first fight was Sayani. Okay. Ophidu. We're really good friends Welcome back. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, welcome back. <laughs> it was a really crazy way of uh, competing as well because it wasn't a tournament, right? It yeah. was like, a, it was just a room. Then they had like a bunch of cameras and they had like a table with, I think maybe three or four people like, yeah. like Roger Gracie and yeah, um, some big names. Yeah, on the first names. one, oh. Roger wasn't there. He was there on the, because I did this, right. the sermon a couple of times, but the first one, Roger wasn't there. But like they, they had like about three people sitting on the table, a coach on each side. And that's it. No, no, no fans, the, no crowd, no really people. quiet. It was, it was intense. But the right? feeling is the same. Like the, the nervous, it, it was oh, the yeah. same. That'd be more. Yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> Everybody's watching you. Yeah, so like, like you don't see the people seeing you. Like you're, yeah. they're seeing it like from. from <laughs> but it was a, it was a really interesting kind of concept. It was just like a like a real face off, like a challenge match between two people. So, but I guess it worked out because you competed in that a few times, and then uh, I remember you started competing in like um, the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam yeah, tournament. Yeah, that was my IBGGF. first tournament. Right after the the dojo, the what belt were you at this point? Brown belts. Brown belt. So me and Tanya were brown belts. Uh, so after that, um, I did the the Abu Dhabi. It was 2015 Abu Dhabi Grand Slam, and like um, I remember my first match, I fought. Uh, I was a brown belt, but I fought a black belt, and like uh, I won. But I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> but. Um, it, it was good like uh i still every time the the nervous feeling but i started like going for it and then uh so 2015 i think i only did the grand slam and uh, the dojo but then i did the europeans 2016 as a brown belt so that's when i started uh doing the like all the tournaments and i remember that that year uh the 2016 like the the generation of the brown belt athletes that year was i think maybe the everybody best we've who ever had the right? world champion like right the next year 2017 we had five world champions that were brown belt the year before so it was stalita um Ana Carolina Vieira, Nachi, me, and Tayanis. Right. So I was in the worst brown <laughs> bat bracket. <laughs> but was, it was amazing wow. because you, you were all competing together like that year, fighting each other in the absolutes. <laughs> and then you all kind of graduated to black belt at the same time. You, yeah. got, you got promoted just after 2016 Worlds, Yeah, right? no, no, no. So I think uh, Nachi, Tayani, they, they all got their... The, like on the podium. Yeah, right? on the podium. But mm. I only got my... my Black Belt at the end of 2016. Okay, and that's from Delahiva. From Delahiva. Yeah, yeah. I said we should mention that you guys go go way back. You guys have yeah. trained together for for a while. Huh? We yeah. know we've known each other for I, a I while. Feel like yeah. I remember in, in um, like 2015 talking to you and being like, dude, we got this this brown belt girl at uh, at our gym. She doesn't compete a lot, but she just tunes me up all the time. She just beats me up all the time. That's, that's exactly true. what he said. That's, <laughs> so. It's true. I always used to say that uh, that like, you were the second toughest person in the gym. Gym, right? Who is the toughest? Mourinho. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she knows yeah. who I mean. Mourinho. Like he's a big yeah. guy that's crushes My shoulder people. has been three years and a half remembering him. <laughs> <laughs> but explain, like Mourinho, what is he like? 110 kilos, fourth degree black belt. Yeah. Black belt luta livre. Like used to train yeah, with Minotaro he, MMA. He used wow. to compete a lot. I think he fought Salo, Cyborg, a bunch of people. But then like uh, family happened, two kids, and then like he kind of like pushed out of the the competition scene. 
But like he he would have done great. Like he yeah. did. Like he he competed uh, nationals. I think worlds back when he was still in Brazil. He like, had some really. But good like results. a long time ago, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, he was so tough. Yeah. So like after him, you you I always used to say that you were the next toughest person <laughs> in the gym because, I mean. Dalahiva was kind of lucky, right? Because right there in the middle of Copacabana in Rio de Janeiro, mm-hmm. it's a famous area. A lot of tourists come to visit. And, and Dalahiva, the name as well. Everybody knows Dalahiva. Even if you don't know the man too well, yeah, a lot you of people know don't name. know that he's a guy. Like, oh, <laughs> right. you know that Dalahiva was like, what? What? Isn't that the technique? It's like, no, it's a guy. <laughs> but you used to, I mean, you still do, right? The, the academy receives a lot of visitors. Mm. So, you know, you used to train with people all the time that you never met before. Yeah. It's almost a little bit like a competition then, right? Yeah. Uh, the difference, like, because on the competition, we have the mental, the like, the nervous, so, like, it's different. But, like, you get to train with a lot of different people. So that's really good. Like. But when did you figure out then that, okay, you know, this competition stuff is it's going pretty well, you know? Maybe I should focus more on this. Because, like you say, you spent five years with no competition whatsoever. And then, like, you did a couple at Brown Belt, and you're like, okay, that's what I'm doing now. And since then, like, three, four years, that's all you've been doing. Jumped in head first after that. Yeah, so um, I was studying engineering for a while. So, like... Um, I had in my head, oh, because I, I knew I needed money, I so I needed jobs. My dad is an engineer, so I was like, he wanted me to, to be a doctor, to go to medical school, but like, no, you gotta really love that stuff. You can't like just, oh, you know I mean, and so like, I was like, okay, I like math, I like physics, you know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna be trying engineering. So I did that, I went like halfway through with engineering, and um, I, I liked the subject and stuff, but I, Every time that I was there, I was thinking, like, I could be training yeah. <laughs> all the time. So, like, and then I went, like, through, like, a bad phase of, like, of my life. Like, I had depression and stuff. So, like, I stopped studying. Like, I was still training, but, like, I couldn't bring myself to go back to school. So, I went, like, for that period, thinking maybe, like, uh, six months, a whole year where, like, I didn't know what I was going to do. Because, like, I couldn't bring myself to go to university anymore like I, I don't I don't want to do this like I don't were you unhappy because you were studying is something you didn't really want to do no, or? I, don't, I, know, I don't know if it was something in particular that happened but I think a bunch of stuff was happening at the same time so I, I had like a, a very bad moment like I couldn't bring myself to go to school like I and then I I, I wasn't competing yet a lot so I, I was kind of freaking out like I don't know what I'm gonna do because I know I need money, <laughs> like to, I need to be able to feed myself. But then I started competing, and then like I remember I won Worlds at Brown Belt that same year, 2016, and I was like, okay, maybe that's something that I can do. Like that, that's something like maybe that's you're good gonna. At this. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe I know a little bit. So, yeah, and then it was only by 2017 that I started like to realize, oh, I, I, can, I can actually like make a living out of this, like started getting sponsors and everything so because that's also the hardest part right it's like winning medals if you're good at jujitsu winning medals is is you know mm-hmm. <laughs> not that hard what you train to do it's yeah, what yeah. you do <laughs> yeah but even gold medals you know people who win a lot of gold medals even they struggle to live as a professional right that's something that you yeah. feel that you've managed to to figure out yeah so like uh because i don't get to be 
a full-time athlete because like I can't survive out of being a full-time athlete like the sponsors so like I have a new sponsor now a new gi sponsor is uh, Okami's uh, from uh, I don't know if they're from Germany but it's somewhere in Europe and um in like they they pay me but like it's not a money that I, I can live off through the whole month even like the the competitions that give money like they, they started like IBJF started doing that with Brazilian nationals and uh worlds uh, hopefully with Pan Ams and everything else but it's not something that's gonna last for long even like the the whole ranking uh I had to go to so many tournaments for that first ranking that it, it basically just pays itself out so it's not like so you really like if you want to make money you got to be able to teach classes teach privates like teach camps um i have like rash guards that i sell everything so you got to be able to have something outside of it there's very few people that get to live just as an athlete but it's right. very hard it's and if you do then you usually just have like a sponsor or a even somebody giving you like a salary so that all you do is you just train yeah right? there are some some gyms that i know they do this like they get a person like the person teaches there and stuff like they, they give housing food and stuff and then oh you teach here but like uh it's not very common like i, I know a few people but most people they have like to to struggle a lot like in brazil i see so many people you know selling stuff at the the red lights and on the street like doing the how do yeah, you say the actually, chifas, the they, raffles. The raffles, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, this gi, like, so every name is like uh, 10, 10 highs, 20 highs. And they're like, they're always like struggling so much. It's a hustle, able. right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's but not. actually, can you explain that about the red lights? Because you, you mentioned, um, you, you spotted an athlete who had a, a great story recently, right? About yeah, the, I want to say his Roosevelt? Or yes, it? I know him. Yeah, yeah. and I so saw Ru that Roosevelt Souza, I think his name is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's been picked up by Hamlo and Everyday Pohara because he was yeah. out there um, selling water bottles during Carnival. Yeah, his story went viral and on the internet, everybody started posting. So he was he was selling the... Yeah, he was out there just hustling, you know, it was hot and everyone else was partying and he's out there selling water bottles trying to, I think, get a ticket to World Pro, I want to say. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the time he's right on that, but yeah, it really caught on, you know. Now, um, you know, he, he got very lucky because Hamalo noticed and I think has helped him with his accommodations and I see him training at Cyborgs now on Instagram, so. That's amazing. But and yeah. Roosevelt, we should say, he is an absolute killer as well. Roosevelt, Roosevelt Souza, for those who don't know, is that he's an ultra heavyweight brown belt who just kind of broke onto the scene like this year and, um, had an amazing performance I think he took double gold at American Nationals mm. just recently uh, submissions like just firing um, tapped out a bunch of guys and um, but it's amazing that that's the reality for a lot of athletes right is that if you don't have like a you know a, a, a good family who can support you if you don't have the the, the sponsor yeah. bringing you to the gym then a lot of these guys it, it's really not easy to make it as a professional yeah that's true and um uh, yeah, a lot of people are lucky, like they have the family like uh, backing them up. And uh, nowadays it's a lot about like the social medias. Like uh, mm. you, you might not even be as good, but you, you, you have a lot of following through the social media. So I really like trying like work them well, like always on my Instagram, like always posting, always like something new because I know people appreciate it. So like you got to be working through your social media. Because you, you can be, like, super good. You can win a bunch of medals. But, like, if you don't post about it, if you don't say anything, people are not going to say mm. very, like, 
hardly they're going to say something for you. So you got to put yourself out there so people see you and then they talk about so it's you. the marketing, right? It's like building your brand. <laughs> great advice, I feel like, for, <laughs> yeah. for a lot of jiu-jitsu competitors out there. And like Hal said, like it really is a, you got to hustle for yeah. it, but like, it, you know, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's kind it's, of a small business. Like, yeah, but you're kind of proof that, that you can make it work, right? Yeah, you got to put yourself out there. And like, it's funny because my dad, if he was watching, <laughs> yeah, like he he'll have serious conversations with me about my followers. He's like, you kind of got stuck at this number of followers. What's happening? <laughs> and I'm like, well, that after a while, it only shows like every thousand. So you it's harder and harder. like, I promise you, it's going down. So people, please follow me. So my dad, so, dad a bone. so my dad is proud of me. <laughs> That's, That's funny. Awesome. We'll put a we'll put a link to your uh, to your Instagram profile in uh, in the comments here as well, so you can. Follow yeah, but it, it is true to to a certain point. Like you, you got to put yourself out there through the social media. Like you got to make yourself seen so place. that people can see you. Mm. Have you uh, you've been doing it for a few years now? Have you learned any like things that work? Like what would you tell someone just starting out? Maybe they they've won a brown belt world title and like okay, I need to make myself a little bit more famous, you know? What should they do on Instagram? What, what works for you? So like what I do, like uh, I try and post like at least once a day. Mm. And because um, I also watch like where are my followers from? So most of my followers are from Brazil. So I try and post it at a time that people in Brazil are already up. Because like if you have a business profile on Instagram, it shows you the time that people are most active, mm. like your followers. So, like. And uh, I have like about I think maybe sixteen percent out of the U.S. So I also I also 16. try sixteen percent oh, out okay. of here of the U.S. So I try and look for a time that people are going to be up here and also up in Brazil. So like I try to look for that time. So I was post stuff like this. I try and be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you have good memes. I, I can vouch for that. <laughs> Lots of cat memes. Yeah, yeah. I love cats. She loves cats. <laughs> yeah, I try like I I try like um, I don't like you know saying anything that might offend people like so I never like have I never have comments you know like this like, is gonna be good for this person but like this person's not gonna like it so I, I don't say things that you know might be might like yeah stay positive right yeah because I know that uh, talking a lot is gonna bring you a lot of viewers like uh, for example like Gordon he talked but he does <laughs> he does everything he says he's going to so, right. so that helps but uh, talking uh, brings a lot of attention to yourself and I realize that not many girls do that. I I'm, mm. I don't remember seeing any girls like talking, you know, talking like, about the others. Yeah, like, talking like, oh yeah, stuff, I, right. I can't wait to fight you. Like I'm, yeah, that's I'm true. Gonna I can't think of it. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, you don't see that happening. The only person I can really think of who who like is kind of controversial in her in her posts and stuff is Gabby Garcia oh no yeah but that's a whole separate because he also yeah. does the MMA and, and the MMA people it's a different they, style right they, yeah yeah so like is was the the Ronda Rousey she she brought so much attention to herself because she started like talking being and, a little mean yeah <laughs> I was happy when she got knocked <laughs> oh. <laughs> now I used like to be a huge fan because I did judo before that, so like I was uh, I was watch her fight, say like yay Ronda, but then she started saying stuff like I can beat any grappling jujitsu girl like gi or no gi. I was like no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, she started like just everybody like I can beat everybody like with my hand ties around my back. She can like beat Mayweather too. I don't know. Yeah, she said something. Like, I was like no, you can't. Like. <laughs> But like that brought so much attention to herself. Like it's and, and that we had like a, a while ago, like Cheo Sonnen, He was also like doing like 
saying so i was so mad i mean he, he is went, undefeated though so yeah but yeah talking crap it's not your style right yeah no i i, I don't like doing that stuff like uh and i see a lot of the guys they do that like the they talk. They talk a lot. That brings attention to them. Sometimes in a good way. Sometimes in a bad way. But Always bringing, attention. yeah, bringing attention to yourself is is good. Might be bad, but like you gotta know how to do it. So like uh, that's something that I, I don't see girls doing, and uh, the guys do. So like I, I don't, I don't, I never have like a you strong. You be the first then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just What's up, Gordon? Let's fight. Oh, <laughs> No, Start, please. You, you heard it here first. Stirring it up on the collars. Okay. You don't want this problem. Set, set the fight to win. It's like, all right, I got it. Yeah, though, Seth, he's like crazy about like having one of the girls fight him. He's always like, I'm going to fight one of the girls like, just, just for a match. Oh, Seth. Yeah, but... Uh, I see like some sometimes girls like they have a strong opinion like I, I've seen comments you know like uh, so like a girl wins and then her friend says like uh, no a girl uh, loses and then her friend goes and say oh no uh, you didn't win but you are the past the other girls not so so they talk like specifically about somebody like publicly I, I, I don't like doing that if I have nothing to say I'm not gonna say anything because I don't I don't like this you know, there's this tension. I, I, I want people to like me, so I don't, I don't like saying. Yeah. yeah, but people hate me anyway, so you, even though I did never Can't did anything. <laughs> yeah. Really? You think, you think you have No, haters? I know. I know for sure of people that hate me, and I've never done anything to them. Are you talking about fans or athletes or um, Instagram commenters? Some athletes. Uh, some Yeah, some Instagram people, like, they, they go and comment, like, uh, the other day I tried making a joke on my <laughs> I don't care. The other day I tried making a joke on my face so like I, I had um a picture of me like kind of like looking like this and then like the the subtitle was like when you see a white belt teaching another white belt to move. Mm. And I, oh my god, that Did got people so and I'm like what if it's a judo black belt oh what if god. they're a wrestling guy? Uh. I that's so unnecessary. What's wrong like <laughs> I will it's say people joke. are a little bit soft in jiu-jitsu. What, what do you think? No, because like most of the time that you see a white belt teaching the other white belt is not a judo black belt. It's not a white belt world champions. It's going to be like, oh, let me show you this bearing ball I just saw on YouTube the other day. That's <laughs> yeah. like most. So I was trying to make a joke and people like got so mad. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I know for sure of some people that don't like me, some uh, people I fight against. Hmm. But like, I, I know I never like, insulted there or did anything but you you can't please people like and you can't be friends with everybody right? yeah it's i true. try i try to be friends with people but like if i know for sure like they don't i, I don't try and convince anybody to be my friend like if you want to be my friend i'll be your friend but if you but let me ask you this like what's it like to fight your friends because you guys, I you know, hate it so much. well, there you go. So maybe, I maybe these guys, need that, right? they need to feel that way. Because if they are friends, maybe they wouldn't fight against you as as well Same as way. they could. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, there's a couple of people that I don't fight ever. So like, uh, Tayani, we fought a, a few times at the brown belt, but uh, then we became really good friends. So like, we don't fight anymore. It's mostly my choice. Like, Tayani, don't beat me up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I also good friends with uh, Moniki Ricardo from from Dallas, and then like we we met uh, at a few tournaments and. Um, no, no, different Moniki. Yeah, no, a different Moniki. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just We're gonna as pretty, but a different Moniki. But yeah, we met a few times in some tournaments, and we always close out. Like, I can't, I can't, like, 
really good friends like a it's really hard i feel like men they have a easier time fighting their friends they're just like that's do it fight is over they hug each other mm. it's awesome but like <laughs> you, with have, a, girls, you have a different see, relationship right yeah and like, there's so many there's just less girls like true. i feel like it'd be hard it's to fight cool. your friend over and over, over and over, over again. all the time yeah <laughs> but the the women's jiu-jitsu has definitely grown a lot in the last couple oh, of years, yes. right? I mean, we have, you know, multiple articles on our website sort of, you know, studying the, the, the growth and the numbers and the, the, the number of people who actually are you know, participating in the tournaments. But um, this is actually, we actually play in the, um, the, the 2018 final. Right, oh, yeah. Right now, this actually. is uh, the final against Moniki uh, Elias from yeah. Alliance. But um, the, the growth of jiu-jitsu, Claudia, I'd really like to get your your kind of feelings on on how women's jiu-jitsu has changed since you started and you know the last couple of years as a black belt the difference that you've seen yeah i've seen so many more girls because i remember the first ever jiu-jitsu tournament i signed up for uh i didn't have any girls nobody in my category wow, yeah you're the only one yeah they had other white oh, belts but i don't think they had absolute and then i i couldn't change it at the time so like i got there and there was nobody and i don't think you see that anymore you don't you don't see a bracket with like no white no girls on the white and you see sometimes some some like even on the opens like uh blue belts you see like sometimes 15 girls in mm. one category that's something like it didn't happen like when i just started how about at your uh, your seminars? Because you teach seminars, so many of them, all over the world. Mm -hmm. Are you, do you find that a lot of girls are coming to your seminars? Uh, in the U.S., yes, I see a bunch more girls. In Europe, Jiu-Jitsu is still growing, so sometimes they have a bunch of girls, sometimes not. It depends on which country, right? Some yeah. countries are more established than others. Yeah, so like, for example, London has a pretty good Jiu-Jitsu, so like they have a bunch of girls out there. So like, um, yeah, Italy, not that many girls, but like it a lot of countries but it's still growing because i feel like the hardest part of uh like jujitsu is like is bringing the person to the gym especially the women but right. once they're out there they're like i love this i want to do this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh until then it's hard to bring bring them in especially if there's no girls on the mat they're gonna look at us like mm -mm, no yeah. <laughs> not gonna do it but if they if they walk by they see one girl they're like oh there's a girl so maybe if they see five girls like whoa there's a bunch of girls so that's something i can do so that that's the hardest part, but convincing them that it's to it's, walk through the door yeah. for the first time. Do you uh, do you find that you when you do your seminars and stuff that um, do, is there any difference being a woman teaching seminars to to men? You know, um, do they maybe they want to learn from you or they don't want to learn from you because of who you are? Or do you find you have more women come into your seminars because you know you have a, an established name as a black belt world champion? Uh, yeah, a lot of girls, like especially the young ones, like they're like, oh, I watch all your matches. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan. Like that, that's still to this day is so amazing that's to cool. me. But like I see like a lot of men like coming and wanting to learn, and that like I feel so like you know great like because it is like a male dominant sport. There's more uh, men, and like it's it's still like there's a lot of uh, sexism out there. So there's still like a bunch of men like uh. Like I'm, I'm, I don't want to learn for a girl, but like I, I've, I've had like a lots of great experience, like where, where guys like they come to my seminar, like they really want to learn. They're like, oh, the stuff you show is amazing. So I, I really feel like they must like your jujitsu. Yeah, it's like I, I really, I really, really like that part. It's, it's really good. <laughs> Speaking of your, uh, of your jujitsu, um, how would you describe your jujitsu? I have a lot of flaws, <laughs> a lot of flaws. 
but uh, I have like five stuff that I do well, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so far I've been able to like to to do my game like uh, because I use like because you know at the La Hiva we start inside the guard. Yeah, this is interesting, right? The way that the training is set up, I think because. We used to train in kind of a small area, you know, yeah. a small room. So for like safety and stuff that we would always start training with one person in close guard. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, you would kind of go, okay, I'm going to start on bottom. I start on top. And then you close the guard, go. That's how every round would start. So a yeah. little bit different to some gyms. Right? Yeah, very mm. different. And uh, I would always want to play on top. Always, always. So I, I don't think I even knew how to do guard until like the beginning of my brown belt. Crazy. <laughs> And uh, and then I hurt my shoulder pretty badly by the beginning of 2016, and then after that, like it was it hurt me to to be on top, so I had to started uh, doing guard. So that's when I I developed like a bunch of stuff. Mm. Like I learned a lot from watching, like even like watching Master De La Hiva, like stuff that he, he wasn't even showing, but like I was seeing him do it. So and I learned I learned like a lot from watching. And then I started doing guard, 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 and now I, I feel much safer on the bottom. What other uh, athletes did you like to watch in the past, coming up, and also now? Who are you watching? Uh, actually, like uh, before I started competing, I never followed the competition scene, mm -hmm. so I didn't know who anybody was. Like I never, <laughs> I never knew anybody. So like I didn't really watch, you know, like the the tournaments and anything. But then. Um, I, I'd watch a lot of people in my gym, like people training. So they watch and watch what they do. And then all the stuff that I liked, I tried copying it. That's great, yeah. <laughs> I actually hear that quite a bit. I think it's interesting that, that there are so many people that, that just train and, and don't really have any interest in, in competition. Um, have you found that to be true even at your seminars? Like people just, they know you're coming when they just kind of know that you've won a world championship or something, but they don't really know. What? Yeah, it, uh, this happens a lot. Like even uh, some seminars that I teach, like because I reach out to people like, hey, I'm going to be in the area. Like, I'm looking to go to the area. Would you like to have me at your gym? Some people like, uh, they told me like, I didn't even know who you were. I, until you reach out to me and then I checked it out. I was like oh wow she she won <laughs> oh she's really good times. Oh. <laughs> you, wear the, you wore the shirt that you're wearing around the, the my douchebag shirt <laughs> just in case people no. don't know but my you can see what it says <laughs> yeah, not too many people have these shirts right you have to earn that <laughs> shirt. just get yeah. out those shirts yeah <laughs> That's the only reason I go to the world today for just so I can get my dudes back here. <laughs> but the people then that maybe they research you and they're like, "Oh wow, she's she's really good." So yeah, so I have I have that happen a lot. Like, and some people like they they come up to me like, "I didn't even know who you were until like I saw the flyer for your seminar." Like, and then like uh, I researched it, I saw it. So this happens a lot. There's a lot of people who don't follow. You know, mm. the the tournaments don't follow mm. jujitsu. Like. And then when they get you into the academy for these seminars or when you visit the different places to teach, um, what are they asking to see? Like, you know, what do they want to see? If they researched your game and they, they watched you, your, your matches on floor grappling. Yeah. <laughs> on floor yeah, we grappling. Just, we just saw the, the last one, right? You had, you had the triangle and, and the wrist lock, which is a brutal finish. Yeah. But. Don't show that, please. I don't want to... <laughs> no. uh, don't show that to anybody. <laughs> Uh, so like uh, what happens a lot is like a lot of people because they know I'm a student of the La Hiva they like can we see the La Hiva I'm like well you can bring the La Hiva in for that right. <laughs> it's gonna charge a lot of money yeah. <laughs> but you can bring him in for that because like I don't work a lot with the La Hiva because um, 
You know that uh, Lahiva doesn't show us a lot. He keeps his secrets. <laughs> no, this is actually true. Yeah, because, um, you know, we both trained there for a long time. Both got our black belts in that gym. And I always say to people that I can count the amount of times I saw Delahiva teaching the Delahiva guard on one hand. Mm. But if I ever went to him with a question, he would always answer. He yeah. would always help me. So I would go to him and I'd be like, I'm trying this and I don't really, have, it's not working. And he'd give me some solutions and then let me try. But in the class, he's teaching everything else. He's teaching guard passing he's teaching side control he's teaching chokes from the back you know but Ju wrist locks and uh, knee bars he never he doesn't knee teach wrist locks no, and knee bars, knee bars for like so where'd you learn that I'm confused <laughs> the, the internet the, <laughs> the internet <laughs> at the ba bad people club <laughs> yeah so he, I saw him one time he was showing like the knee bars and the foot legs like this is what you can do this is what you can't do that's like all oh, like he never showed like oh we can try this one and then we go for knee bar he never showed any like wrist but you say like the people want to see Delahiva when you go to the academy yeah then? some people they ask me like can we see the Delahiva's like well I don't work with the Delahiva locks like I'm afraid like that's not my game so I, I only show stuff that I actually do so like I work around the spider guard a lot the omoplatas the triangles like it's only like this stuff that I do you I think do. people are surprised when you say that you don't really do Delahiva too yeah, much? Yeah, some people, they're like, oh my God, how, how can it be? <laughs> how is it possible? <laughs> but like, yeah, because I tell them, like, Delahiva, he, he keeps his secrets. Like, he doesn't show us a lot. Like, he shows, like, um, you know, basic stuff that works. Like, you need... one time I was like, Delahiva, can you show me the betting bullet? He's like, I don't know. I, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I asked him about the Barambolo, and, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I tried it. I didn't like it too much. So, <laughs> yeah. But he, 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 he has so much other stuff from that guy. Yeah. It, it is funny. It's, it's, it's like a joke, right? But mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like he really does have stuff from that that he doesn't show anybody. Oh, yeah. Only he does. And then when, when he does it, you're like, what is that? <laughs> and he's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, not showing you. <laughs> and he has like uh, I think he keeps a lot of stuff for the seminars. Like he teaches a lot of seminars, so maybe he keeps like the secret, the cool stuff. But you, the... you obviously learned solid, fundamental jujitsu yes, training yes, there. So sure. how how did you kind of develop the the game that you have now? You say you really like Spider Guard, mm -hmm. and we've seen in the videos that we watched today, Triangle, you know, mm -hmm. Omoplata, these kind of techniques. How did you find that that was what you uh, what was good for you? So like I said, I hurt my shoulder at the beginning of 2016. So like I couldn't like be on top, like it, it was hurting me too much. So I had to develop more on the guard. And I remember like um, it was one of my teammates was telling me about the spider guard, like the way you position yourself where you have your legs stretched to one side and like your hips pointing the other side. And uh, so I had one of my teammates, uh, you know, showing me, he's like, that's how you do it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. It so just, like, like, made sense? Yeah, I was like, oh, like that's, that's interesting. So I started, like, playing uh, a little bit more of the spider guard that way. And I saw, like, it created openings, like, for, for the triangle. So I started, like, shooting for a bunch of them. And um, I don't remember exactly how I started doing omoplatas because I used to like the triangles more, and then I... <laughs> I went for the homopathos, but I don't really remember how the transition happened. But actually, I thinking back to you know training together, I remember that that is one technique that Delahiva does show a lot. He, he loves, loves the homoplata. The homoplata. Right? It's actually yeah. his favorite position because really? people think his favorite position is the Delahiva, but it's yeah. actually the homoplata. And there were a really? few other guys, in, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's really good at it. Like, <laughs> and there were a few other guys in the gym, like um, uh, Bruninho, and yeah. a few other guys who are just 
just it's sort of like masters of the omoplata, right? So yeah, so I, just training with those guys, you kind of soak yeah, it up. Yeah, I don't remember how the transition happened exactly, mm. but then I started doing more the omoplata, and I liked more because I think it's safer than the triangle. Because when they move out of the triangle, sometimes they're already passing your guard. Right. Like with the omoplata, you get to follow them up, like end it up on top, get a sweep, and then get the submission. I like the omoplata as well because with the triangle. Um, especially bigger or stronger guys they can stack you and, mm. and you know it it sucks because you can have the triangle closed and somebody they can sit there and just be tough and like not Mauri, tap, right? he, yeah. he feeds you the triangle <laughs> to pass your guard he really did some, i watched him do that, that right? i watched no, him do all that the time. that's the way he passed the guard person. he, he yeah. feeds you the triangle when people go look it's a triangle <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, not a triangle <laughs> it's not a triangle and then he gets you on the amasa the oh yeah so it's basically you know <laughs> just that horrible color yeah the bread cutter the yeah the color and just grind yeah it. and oh. as he's passing your guard and you still ha kind of have a triangle there he's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah I consider terrible. that a personal attack. If someone <laughs> yeah. does that to me, yeah. like, all right. You, you've suffered there once or twice. I, so. I, I have. I yeah. have not at your hands. <laughs> but the omoplata is definitely it's a uh, it's great because you know if it goes wrong, uh, you can just go back to guard or you get the sweep. Right? It's, yeah, it's and great. The, you can also come back to a triangle like if mm -hmm. it doesn't work. Yeah, I love so, the omoplata too. Actually, yeah. man, I I only started playing with the omoplata really after I went to a seminar with Clark Gracie because mm. oh. he was like the original Montplata guy right <laughs> and uh, and just watching him the way that not, not, not really like the actual technique of like you know I do this with my legs and I grab here but just watching like how he moved and like how he kind of just flowed from one to the other with the Omoplata it was really inspiring so mm. it's a special thing to watch like somebody who's, who's really good at that one position or, mm. or, or really good at something and just to see how they move through those positions like it's completely different especially when a, a guy like Clark right yeah who has like a specific technique he literally is a master of that one yeah, yeah. yeah. have you noticed uh, since you, you've taught people all over the world that um, people play their games differently based on ge geography at all like no, because I feel like a lot of people ask me, like, oh, what do you think about the Jiu-Jitsu in Europe? What do you think about the Jiu-Jitsu in Brazil? But I feel like it's becoming kind of one, especially because of the internet now. They mm -hmm. have, like, not only the YouTube, but they have, like, the online... Yeah, the flow grappling. <laughs> yeah, <the> flow grappling. <laughs> yeah, they can watch matches on flow grappling, but they have the online, you know, like, where, where people, like, have their own things online. Like mm -hmm. I, The I, online I, academies, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to do that, too, because I, I understand it's complicated. <laughs> but, yeah, one day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they have, like, the online classes and everything, the DVDs, so I feel like it's kind of, like you know becoming one mm. you know people get to see stuff so get they get to try it out they get to ask their professors they and so many seminars happening everywhere in the world people get to attend seminars so it's kind of like it's not like oh people from here do this people from here do this like obviously like a little bit like oh the professor likes doing this so they're gonna do sure, this sure. so i'm sure like clark's students they're <laughs> they're probably good with the omoplata but it's still like it's it's different. Like people like to do, you know. Would you say the level is is kind of catching up to Brazil, or is Brazil still way ahead of of everyone? Uh, here in the U.S., is the level is so high because like um, so many schools, people training, like people taking it seriously, and um, in Europe is starting to grow. Like you have like some people from the U.K., like uh, Fion, 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna call she's her. She's amazing. I'm yeah. gonna call her Fiona so she gets mad. Ah. <laughs> Fiona, then uh, she had a great year. She's, she's, she's yeah. been having a great year. So like you, you can see that the level in Europe like is uh, is getting highs and people Samantha from Cook, another girl you've fought yeah. multiple times, right? So a lot of people from all over the world that they're, they're catching up, the they're training, them. and I think like it's it's only gonna grow more and more, and eventually you're gonna have worlds with like world champions, like uh, you know from all over the world. Because mm. I was checking like the list the other day, on the girls you have like a few girls like. Uh, Where's Dominica from? Oh, she's actually. I mean, she was born in Lithuania, yeah. but I mean, she she moved to America when she was really young. Like, I want to say like eight years old, and she's yeah. she's pretty much American, but uh, she's not an American citizen. She's she's lived here her whole life, so she's born she's born there, but she's kind of raised in America. So. Yeah, but like you you have her. There's a girl from France, uh, Claire, I think it is, right? No, no, it's. Are you are you talking like France. back like? No, back no, no, no. Yeah, from the world champions, like the IBJF world champions. Yeah, there's uh, a Penny Thomas from. Uh, oh, she's American. Yeah. Yeah, no, but South Africa actually. South Sorry. African. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's um, there's a girl from France. I forgot her name. But um, yeah, so you have like uh, at Couple. least five different countries. I think mm. there's a girl from Sweden too. Maxine, if, yeah, yeah, Maxine, Maxine and from there's an, yeah. yeah, there's another one too. It's and of course, you have Rikako from Japan. Yeah, Rikako yeah. from Japan. So there so, were yeah, so maybe six, seven different countries yeah. on the girls. But on the guys, I think you have maybe a couple of Americans. And yep. uh, yeah, so uh, I I I feel that like. At some point, we're gonna have people from all over the world. What's the uh, What's the one place that you've traveled a lot? So, mm-hmm. what's the one place that you've been to where you think this country has like real potential in jujitsu, mm-hmm. like to maybe produce athletes, to produce champions, or maybe just as like a to just have a big jujitsu scene? Is there anywhere that you've been you think, wow, okay, this is like the, the next big up and coming place? Yeah, for sure. Here in the US, there's like. Wow, well, we can't say the US because it's huge <laughs> here. There's so I many people have been yeah, coming uh, here for 25 well, uh, years. The England, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so much jujitsu there, like, it's growing. Like, so many good schools there. Roger, the Gracie Baja with Lagarto. So there's. Braulio. Uh, yeah, Victor, Braulio. Uh, so, yeah, I've never been up there to that part but I've been like uh, around London yes and like like people being athletes like actually taking it seriously because I've been to some other countries where like people have classes like um, one one day a week so like they do it like they're not like they, they're not looking to be athletes mm. but uh, yeah for sure the the UK like it's, it's right there what do you think about um the people uh, the sport versus like martial art aspect it's a conversation that people have a lot like mm. um is jiu-jitsu becoming a sport and losing its martial arts roots where you know more people take it seriously they go to, to train and then they they change their whole life around it or there's also some casual people out there that do it you know two three times a week or less even what do you what's your take on that now there's a lot of people that do it casually like mm. even like uh, our homeschool de la Hiva, most of the people there are just yeah like 95 yeah. percent or yeah. more right yeah. most people there are just like they they're like business people they work the whole day so they just want to go there relax get choked out yeah. <laughs> and then they leave choke like, some people hopefully, actually. Choke, yeah. 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 Ho- hopefully choke like a couple people <laughs> out and then like uh they leave like with good spirits like mm. 
because it's kind of like a therapy thing. Right. Like a lot of people, you know. Meditation. Yeah, if you train, you know. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So the, the, for sure, there's like a bunch of people that train just just because, just because you know they want to do a sport. And like I'm one like everything because I I've tried like a few things as I was like growing up like volleyball like even the gym I hate going to the gym I only go to take pictures <laughs> 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 I do three Instagram <laughs> sets then I go for bicep and then another Facebook one <laughs> and then like I I I don't like it but like just is something like I love it so much and it's fun you lose weight like uh, you get muscle everything you get. Jiu-jitsu. So there is a bunch of people that go just just for you know like the. It's good for here too, right? Yeah, for I the think this is for the sure. thing I think for jujitsu is so important for me. I, for I, real. You you actually you were saying earlier today, right? That you've only rolled what? How many times? Just a couple times. In, yeah, the, in, the, in the last, last six weeks. weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've just been nursing an injury as well, and I just trained uh, at, at our gym uh, yesterday for the first time in a while, and I felt like the thing that I was like missing the most was like learning something new every day you know like i feel like i really missed like learning something new you know like that every day i feel like i, I was like pining for for that so like that was part i missed the most i feel like man i i, I find myself if i don't train jujitsu you know at least like you know semi-regularly if i go a period like let's say where i'm injured or I'm busy or i'm sick or something and i go like a couple of weeks without training I start going crazy. Yeah. I really do. I, I also find that about you. <laughs> I also find that. <laughs> but you know, I, I I kind of get like grumpy and I get a little bit more anxious. And, and you just also find out about him. <laughs> Keep going, Hal. Keep going. Just he'll ju- he'll just say I'm like that every day. So. <laughs> but it's true. I definitely notice it, it affects my mood. And when I go and train jujitsu. You know, I will come out of the gym even on a bad day. Like even on a gym where I'm like my technique is bad and I'm getting smashed and I get tapped a bunch of times. I'll come out of there and I'll be like, well, not bad. Okay, that was that was that was good. I needed that. You know, so privilege to get smashed. You know, like you're on the mats. That's all that matters. Yeah, Speaking of getting smashed. Like rolling with Cloud Genius is an experience oh, because, like, he's uh, lying. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. The, the the thing is, is that you were talking about how much you love your guard and stuff, but you did spend so long, like years, like playing just top game, right? Yeah. That that I think you have a little bit of a different jujitsu game to a lot of uh, like a lot of modern competitors, right? Because mm-hmm. you never pass the guard standing, right? I don't like to stand up. Why not? I'm not sure exactly because like I came from judo so like when I just started training I was like I should be able to stand up but I never felt comfortable so I always wanted like to be on my knees so like that that's one of like, when I said like I had huge flaws that's one of my big flaws is not standing up so I, I, I only like you know like sh- start shortening the distance until I, I pass the guard and you know you really have that like the, the pressure passing kind of style right it's uh that's where I'm talking about the smashing coming in because you roll with Claudinho and you're just like, God, like get out, <laughs> <Yeah>. stop, stop. <laughs> like, yeah, the I like you know this like shortening the distance stone and then start you know coming up. <laughs> how did you develop that game? Like you know what were the what were the key things that you did to to develop that style of passing? I think I watched because like I said I watch a bunch of people and then like I copy their games because I think Master De La Hiva, he does a little bit like this. Bruninho does does a lot too so I, I think I started like watching them and like trying to copy you know like uh, cause he does this a lot where like uh, he takes care of one leg and then he starts 
coming up. So he does this a lot, like where he traps the guard, uh, the leg in the half guard, and then he keeps climbing on top. So I think it was like mostly like by watching because I've been doing this since forever. So I'm not, I'm not really sure how I started, but probably by like watching other people. And did you feel it's almost like a, a, a safer way to pass the guard as well? You know, maybe not giving up opportunities for the person to sweep or to take Yeah, stuff? yeah, because when you stand up, especially nowadays, you have the warm guard, you have like the, the lahiva guard. There's so many ways they can wrap your legs around. So like, I just like, uh, <laughs> I'm going to stay here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you find um, people come after you when you're, when you're rolling with them, either you're doing a seminar series or just like dropping in somewhere? They know you're a world champ. Do they, they come out trying to claim their yeah, gold medal? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this happens a lot. But like, um, I started, you know, like denying a bunch of training, especially because my shoulder is injured. Mm. So like, when I see people that come up to me, like, <laughs> <laughs> just itching. Do you want to train? I'm like, no, not with you. But it's, yeah, that's tough, though, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's tough to say no sometimes. No, not anymore. Like I learned. <laughs> not anymore. I wow. learned that it's important, especially being a girl. And I say that to all the girls when I go to the seminar is like you gotta say no, mm. because uh, it's like it's your coach's job to make sure that everything is in place. But uh, um, but a lot of men they don't really understand the difference in strength between uh, because we understand we girls understand because the guys are so strong, but like the the guys I don't think they really understand what's going on. So sometimes you have like a hundred kilo guy putting his whole weight on a fifty kilo girl is like just hip out. It's so easy. Just <laughs> and the girls like being smashed. Like how do I hip out of here? You're huge. I don't feel they they understand that a lot. And um, like De La Hiva, I don't think he understands that very well. Because <laughs> when he matches the training, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Sometimes he, he did it, you make your role with some big guys. Yeah, yeah, but not just me. Like even like, because we have more girls now, but I see sometimes he putting like the, the tiny blue belt girls against the white belt guys. Like, no, <laughs> don't. <laughs> if they die, they die. <laughs> yeah, because it's not that they're mean. It's just that they don't know any better. Like, cause, yeah. uh, when you just started jiu-jitsu, you don't know what you're doing. So, like, how... You're trying to win. So, like, yeah, so how can you measure how much strength? So, it's not... They don't know. So, it happens a lot. Like, a lot of girls come up to me, like, what should I do? Like, well, first of all, you got to tell your coach. Like, hey, coach, I can't train with this guy because, uh, you know, he's a little bit too much for me, maybe in a couple years. But, like, for now, I can't. Mm -hmm. You know, like he he's smashed. I'm afraid I might hurt myself. And I, if your coach doesn't do anything about it, well, that that's a bad sign. You should maybe like look for another location because your coach should be the guy looking out for you. Should be the guy who's like, you know, wants you safe. But like, you gotta be able like you tell your coach, or sometimes like you can tell the guy like, like even you don't need to be mean. Like, oh no, I don't want to train with you. You're awful. Like you can say like, I'm a little bit injured today, so like I, I don't want to you know do that because sometimes like people. A lot of people come and ask me for roles. I'm like, hey, I'm very injured. Uh, I'm not going hard. So if you're expecting like some kind of training, like I'm not going to be able to, to give you that much. And then like sometimes it goes well. Sometimes they start going crazy. And I, I just stop like, hey, I, I'm not, I'm not going to like respectfully like, hey, I'm not going to do that anymore because I don't think you understand, 
you know, what kind of injury so I have. So it seems like community advice. It really it's is. Incredible. Yeah, like I think. Because I think not, not that many people really are like so open yeah. about that, right? Yeah, because. And uh, not just women, actually. I'm like, I'm thinking myself, like, yeah, say no is not a bad yeah, thing. It's, it's right? kind of a taboo thing, right? I, to, yeah, to no. because people are like, no, I'm tough. Yeah, like, yeah. Can you say no? I would never say no. Like, in my time, I wouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, 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 there's a lot about like this, oh, you can't say no thing. But like, uh, a lot of people are not athletes. And, and the, even if you are an athlete, especially if you are an athlete, that's what you do, so you can't hurt yourself. Mm. But if you're doing that just for fun, like, why would you hurt yourself like why would you put yourself in that position so i think True. like it's important to say no and uh, a lot of um, people they have this uh like oh i can't say no because they're gonna think i'm weak or um, you know the girls because it is a male dominant sport so there is like that like oh girls shouldn't be here oh girls are weak uh, do you really feel that you've 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 experienced no, I, that uh me personally no but i um i hear a lot of stories because you know on the instagram they have a lot of instagrams just for for girls you know they yep. have like ladies bjj mm-hmm. and uh so uh sometimes like they open up like for stories like and a lot of girls they say just like oh i roll with everybody like uh they they say this and this so like a lot of girls they want to prove they're tough and they want to but that's how you injure yourself mm. and then you can't train for six months but what you were saying there about like the the, the sexism that exists in jujitsu, do you really think that's a, a problem? Like, do you think that there are some guys out there who who really think that women shouldn't be in the academy or that, that they refuse to train with them? Uh, I've I ha- I've heard some cases. Uh, so, for example, this one time, um, this it wasn't really sexism. It was just this guy like he wouldn't train with girls because his wife wouldn't let him. <laughs> <laughs> she she would get jealous. Yeah, no, no. She wasn't even there. He was like, my <laughs> wife asked me not to train with any girls, so I'm not training with any girls. Wait, wow. Which which I kind That's of nice. get because like uh, relationships are so hard, and especially if the woman doesn't train, she doesn't really understand. So like, I kind of get it. Like, you don't want to train, don't train. But um, I. Sounds like she doesn't really understand what yeah, jujitsu is, though. Yeah, right? so. well, but uh, like, <laughs> what I what I hear <laughs> happening the most is like the guy, like, oh, I'm gonna rest this round. Do you wanna go? And then they train the girl, like, for for resting. Right. So I see this happen, which I think is disrespectful. But one thing that happens a lot is that the girls they misunderstand the like taking care of your opponent or of your you know friend for the disrespect because. Um, I was saying about this um, this thing where like uh, um, the female uh, jujitsu pages on Instagram, like so they were telling stories. So a lot of girls like they got really mad of like the guy say, "Oh, I'm gonna go easy on you because you're a girl." Mm. And there's like levels to that because uh, if the guy don't want, doesn't want to hurt you, that's the right that's the right uh, conduct. Yeah, that that mm. that's what they should do. They should they should be careful not to to hurt you. But then like. Oh, I'm I'm one I'm one arrest this one, so I'm going with the girl. So that's disrespectful. There's just like a very you know thin line between being disrespectful and like just watching out for for your friend. But like, um, yeah, because if there's a difference of like say twenty twenty five kilos, you know, like that's yeah. like fifty pounds or whatever between the between the two people, then. It, you're not like disrespecting them by not using your full strength, right? Yeah, but I think it's also like about the way you say stuff. Like, mm, I don't know, right. don't worry, I'm gonna go easy on you. Like, right? There's right. like all the levels of, but like, if the coach says like, "Hey, uh, go easy on her because she's a girl," like, I think that like he's just watching out for you know the girl's safety and stuff. So there's like some people call that a microaggression. Yeah. Micro. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. 
but it's an interesting topic though right it's like the i, I think what you're saying there about like the the kind of the the interaction between men and women in the academy and the way they train together like yeah so have you, have you ever had any problems with personally with that have like have guys been you know like too rough on you or yeah really especially when i they don't get talked about too often here, yeah like, yeah when i just started training because i was like i was tough i never said no right. i trained with everybody so like there was it's some... true i saw it <laughs> <laughs> so there was some guys they were really really tough and like uh in, there was this one he was a little bit crazy he even laughed afterward like actually crazy <laughs> and uh every time he would train with me like he would try and like uh, uh choke but he would like punch me in the face and like mm. uh this one time like he he left my whole like face like red from like trying to and at that time i was always crying <laughs> i was like yeah, they hurt me I was, like, okay. <laughs> I was always like and um that doesn't sound healthy or funny though i mean you're <laughs> laughing but that doesn't sound cool like yeah so like uh i it, it happens like um it happened in the beginning like where people were like too rough and i don't think they were being mean i just don't think they really understood mm. the difference of what what belt was, level was this guy uh i think at the time i was a blue belt he maybe was a purple belt so you probably expect somebody of a, a purple belt or above to be able to have that control right yeah but uh, i see like happening a lot in the gym like uh, a lot uh, sometimes the girls like they complain to me like oh this guy's like crazy because like they just want a submission and i don't think they understand the difference and like is strength so like it, it did happen uh, a little bit with me like in the past but nowadays it's just like hey i'm not i'm not doing this like i'm not, I'm not it training. sounds like the easiest way to go about yeah it, right? so like just it, be smart if i see people training like crazy and then they come up to me like do you want to train I'm like no so but it, it did happen a few times so i like uh not serious injuries but like, it got like a little bit hurt because like guys were going like a bit crazy but whenever like i see something happening like i go and like I tap on the guy's shoulder because I saw it happening at the gym. Like, hey, you don't, you don't have to submit her five times. It's fine. Like, it's, mm. she's a tiny girl. <laughs> it's you don't have to. But yeah, like I had that happen with me. But again, not that I think they're mean. I just don't think they know. You know, like they don't really understand like the best mm. way to. I think it's good that like you're steadfast in in <laughs> no, and you don't feel bad about saying no. no I don't. I don't like feel. That. I don't like, feel I think, feel, yeah, feel bad anymore. Great. You yeah, can, you can. You should be the one deciding who you train with, right? Yeah, so I think that's something important. Like you should be able to tell people no, because uh, I've seen like some gyms where like, oh, you don't get to say no if a higher belt asks you to roll. Mm. You, you, oh, it's like the rule, right? Yeah, you like can't you, use, yeah. There's definitely pressure for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't get to say no. I think you should be able to to tell no because it's important. Like it's your health. Like, yeah. uh, I've I I had to learn how to say no as well, and <laughs> it, it's weird because you see some people like. Um, you know, I'm I'm like 40 years old, and you know I have injuries Wait, and stuff. What did you say? No, but you know I'm I'm not in that. really good, I'm not in really good shape. I have injuries. You know, I don't train that much or that consistently. And but I'm a black belt, and guys see that, and they're like, mm, I'm mm. gonna get, I'm gonna try and get this guy because <laughs> if I beat the black belt, that means I'm good, right? Yeah, I've so, had people ha asking me that in the past, like if I beat a black belt, and my black belt is like that's my But it sucks because if I see like that guy is going super hard, like you know, in a couple of rounds, and then. I'm kind of tired and he starts walking my way and you can see him kind of like, all right, it's time to go after that guy. And he's like, hey, you want to roll? And I'll be like, no, I'm okay, thanks. 
and the look on their face is like, wait, wait, what? My plan is ruined. <laughs> but it, it's almost like you see like a no, kind of a malfunction. It's not today. I don't get to be a black man today. <laughs> but they genuinely, they're confused. And sometimes they're a little bit offended. It's like, whoa, why wouldn't you want to train with me? And it's like, I, it's it's on me, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, you just got to learn how to say no and just be cool with that, right? Yeah, because uh, and I feel like gyms that they have this kind of environment like, oh, you can't say no. That's not, mm. you know, healthy. <laughs> Like, especially like us, either a girl or a smaller guy or like an older guy, like it's like you're paying to be there. You're paying to train. So like, why, why can't you decide what, what you're going to do? True. We, uh, we got some cool, um, got some cool questions coming in actually from the, uh, from the live stream. Uh, you want to speak to some of the fans questions? Yeah. All right, cool. So (laughs) tell me about my fans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the first one is from Rick Trudeau, and uh, he says, "Do you have any advice for young teenage girls? There are a lot of like uh, people coming through from the kids' classes, and a lot of younger people getting involved in sport. So, what kind of advice would you pass on?" So the one I just uh, said about like you know being able to know your body, like say no when you have to say no, like train hard, but like train smart. So like if you have that person you're more comfortable training with, like you can train with that person. Uh, not just for the teenage girls, but everybody. Like, don't be afraid to lose in training. Like, nobody is like keeping score. Kind of are, but like, don't like, don't be, don't be like, you know, trapped on that. Like, just uh, you know, take care of your body, your health. Like, you're still young, you're gonna recover pretty well, but still, like, if you can grow up with no injuries, it's better. Like, because um, you will get them later. Yeah, <laughs> they always come. Everybody gets them, but try and wait as long as Put possible. Them off while you can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so like... Do you uh, get to teach a lot of teenage girls in your seminars? Yeah, uh, not a lot. But like, the, there's a bunch of girls that they come and like, they always like have, oh, I've been watching you. Like, I saw you. Like, I really like, you know, like, like seeing that, you know, like being able to be an example, like for, it's like, oh my God, I got to be a better person because <laughs> they're watching me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like you just got to, you know, you got to have an open relationship with your coach where like you can tell them what's going on. Like, uh not like oh in school this happened like but like the things that are happening on the mats like you got to be able to like hey like i'm i'm not doing well with this technique like this person is like uh is training too rough like they're you know being mean to me or whatever like have a good relationship with the coach train hard but always like understand your limits like don't try and train with the 200 kilo guy (laughs) that's gonna (laughs) probably hurt you (laughs) Do you, um, we got another good question here from uh, Liliana, Liana, Liana, I'm sorry, Liana Isabella. Um, what's your advice for not giving up? Because we all go through jujitsu, we hit like some really rough patches, whether it's an injury or whether it's like a, just a period where our jujitsu doesn't feel very good. But we all hit like those obstacles in jujitsu, right? Yeah, this one is tough because like everybody goes through that. Like I have some some you know like times in my life that I'm like guys, I don't really feel like training. Like I don't. That but I feel like that they come and go. So, because a lot of people say, like, even if you don't feel like training, go train. But me, like, I think, like, if you don't, if you don't feel like training and you go, you're going to end up hurting yourself. So, I feel like uh, if you're not really sure about training, like, you go there and you're like, okay, I'm doing this. Like, you, you got to put, like, 100% of yourself there. Because if you don't, you, like, if you're training, like, eh, there's a big chance you might, you know, like, end up hurting yourself. 
you could like um, just do the drilling because on the drilling there's like last chance that you might I've never heard of somebody like getting hurt during drilling but right. probably <laughs> happens to at least one person but um, I, I don't really have like a big advice on this like not giving up part it's mostly like understanding that um, the your evolution it's not gonna be like always like this mm. sometimes you're gonna go this some days it's gonna be bad some days like like it's even worse than like a while ago but then like you gotta understand that you're evolving even though like you might not see it yourself but people on the outside they see so like you just gotta understand that it takes a while like you gotta be patient but like those spirits they're gonna come and go like oh i don't feel that good i don't really want to train like if injuries come you gotta take care of them like you gotta yeah, progress is, is yeah. never always it's a long. Like, journey, it's not. Right? It's, it's not. It's journey. not. It's not always like, oh, I did this today, so tomorrow I'm. Because some days you're not feeling that great, and it's not always going. You know, I don't know about you guys, but what I really hate is like those bad days when I go in and the techniques that I know that I know and that I do really well just aren't working for me. Mm. Those are like the hardest days to deal never. with. <laughs> no, never. Mr. Perfect right here. <laughs> but no, for real though, is you go in and you just, you know, you're not feeling yourself for whatever reason. Like you say, it's not a, not a good day. And you go in and it's like, man, like I can't even get the stuff that I know to work. How can I do the new stuff that I'm trying to learn as well? It's really tough. Yeah, right? a, a bunch of times like I left training crying, like, because uh, it happens. Like some days you're in a bad day, like you could do a bunch of stuff and like you can't do it anymore. Another thing that's important, like you gotta understand that you're training, but everybody else is training too. So like they're, they're gonna get better too. So like in the past, let's say you could, uh, uh, you know, like you trained with that person, like training was like, you would win most of the time, but then like they started like winning too. Like you gotta understand that everybody's training. Yeah, because like, you don't all get better like the same yeah. rate, right? It's so. not like, oh, I'm training five days, he's also training five days, so we're going like this. So maybe like they get, so you gotta understand that people are getting better too. So it's, it's something to, you know, understand because I know this, like sometimes you get like a, a bit frustrated, like, oh, uh, I could do this thing with this person, but, and obviously like training, uh, a long time with the same person they started knowing what you do so it's not like that oh you're not good anymore is that the people know like you've trained together with the same person so they know your game so like you can try training like you know with different people like and always like evolving but it's not always gonna be here it's some days are gonna be really bad <laughs> <laughs> that's it's that. very true yes. about jiu-jitsu some days it's gonna be bad yeah um how do you uh, how do you manage those those nerves that we were talking about earlier? You said that you you get nervous for every competition you mm -hmm. go to. So even after four years, you know, of competing now at like the biggest tournaments in the world, how do you deal with it when you get there and you're about to step on the mat? I don't know. <laughs> still working on it. Yeah, I'm still working on it. Uh, the one thing though, like um, I don't like standing because my back hurts. So for any kind of situation, I I don't like standing up. But uh, I used like to be like even uh, like until the last second of my match, I was always like uh, sitting down. But now I started doing this because like a lot of people warm up because like you kind of gets you know like the nerves out mm -hmm. but now i try at least like 10 minutes before my match to like stand up 
like sometimes I walk around like back and forth like a caged animal. <laughs> but uh, like Leandro, very relaxed. <laughs> yes, yes. You ever seen Leandro before he competes? He's so funny because like. Ten like minutes. Swaggers around. Like. Yeah, like like five ten minutes before his match, he's just sat there chilling out, drinking a Coca Cola, you know, mm-hmm. usual Leandro Absolutely. stuff. And then like just just before his match is kind of up, like the five ten minutes, he gets up and he has the strut, right? The Leandro strut, <laughs> and he does that thing where he's like he walks and he kind of like turns and then he kind of walks down. Got the hat walk going. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing, but it's 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 getting that that energy out, like you say. Yeah, right? you gotta get the energy out, otherwise, like the heart is just like trying to leave through through your <laughs> mouth. Yeah, but like I try and stand up, like walk a little bit back and forth. But it's still like uh, because that they're always gonna be there. Like he, if, if you if you don't feel nervous before a tournament, because you're dead. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, Something's wrong, right? Almost. So they're always gonna be there, and uh, I hear that meditation helps out a lot. I was never able to do that. I was never able like to concentrate. Was like, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, if you if you're able to meditate, like that helps out a lot. I hear that yoga helps out a lot, and it's all. Uh, about the breathing a lot, I hear like the the breathing correctly helps you out. So like, have you tried any of this? Uh, sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I try to <laughs> just reminding yourself like I I gotta breathe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm still like always nervous, but like I feel like uh I, I've been trying like a bunch of stuff, like just like you know like changing the way I think about stuff. But it's, it's still on the process of like still going there. <laughs> what happens when you're in the match though? Like that moment that you're you're waiting is probably terrible, right? You feel mm-hmm. all the nerves. But when you actually go onto the mat and you slap hands and you go, I'm still does it? Are you still nervous or still is it nervous? Like to really? the point where like I'm, like I'm I'm holding the gi like and like my arms start to get stiff, you know, because like you're still like I I don't have my full strength. I'm still like nervous. And uh, so that's something that worries me a lot because sometimes. Take, sorry, does it take a little while, like during that match, that you feel that that goes away? And sometimes it's there through the whole match. Wow. Um, a lot of times, like uh, you know, I have one match and I'm tired as if I just had ten full matches. So that's something that worries me a little bit, where like I don't get to put a hundred percent of me in there because I'm still like. So that's something like I'm a little bit worried about, like not being able to perform, you know, a hundred percent because I'm still like so, so nervous. Do you find like after a couple of matches in one day that maybe you start getting better? So like uh, I have a match after the match is over, like I'm I'm okay, but then the, as the next match is about to start, it starts <laughs> coming back <laughs> and again. How about, like the, the world final is that is that more stressful than just like a regular match? Uh, so like. Th- the world is always world, so they, it's so much pressure. But uh, I felt that I actually like got you like um, it wasn't like the the what I was feeling was like awful, like hated it. But as I walked in the mat, like I felt it wasn't so bad. It was as, a relief to like finally compete. Either. Yeah, but, like I'm, I was still like you know like a little bit like nervous, I still like uh, you know tired from the adrenaline, but it wasn't as bad as like it, it could have been. But it's okay. still like, yeah, th- I Sounds remember. Like a lot to deal with. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, this time like at in my in my final like because um, I was like in the in the main bull bullpen area. And like I couldn't see Venla. I was like, I hope she didn't come. I hope she didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> and then like uh, because they they also have like the mats the um, 
under the the sands oh yeah there's like, like the on deck area. yeah there's uh, one on and each i was side, like let right? me see if yeah. she's there i looked like oh she's there okay okay i'm fighting <laughs> i'm fighting oh, it's okay it's fine i'm fighting and then like um i was there like uh sitting down a little bit and then the second i saw she i uh, saw her walking in like heart started getting like really 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 nervous like i stand up like i was like going and then as we walked through the as we were walking like because you know on the worlds they have like the mat happening and they have like the small areas for the mm -hmm. competitors and then right as i was walking there the mat the match that was happening before mine was over super quickly i was like oh okay okay this is gonna happen soon time to go <laughs> oh and then like i started like walking back and forth from one side to the other and then like <laughs> <laughs> what about when you're uh, when you're competing do you um do you hear anything like you know, some people who compete, they, they, they say that they don't really, they hear anything or they're not really aware of what's going on. Can you hear your coach? Can you hear the crowd? Um, most of the time, yeah, I can hear my coach, but I, I don't usually do it. <laughs> 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 I like having people as a coach for, you know, like uh, for support, you know, for like emotional support. Uh, like you're so, doing great. Yeah. So like, uh, no, just having them there. Because right. I remember like uh, my finals last year. Um uh, so Mohammed had just fought Nicholas, and I, I saw that he was coaching a bunch of people. And then I came up to him and was like, "Hey, can you be my coach?" And then he was like, "Yeah, okay. Like I'm just gonna going out for, for like I'm gonna grab some food and then like I'll, I'll come back." And then I so I was walking there like he still hadn't arrived. Then I saw him on like coming out the bleacher. I was like. <laughs> and then he he went there. He sat on my couch. I I don't remember if he said anything, but I, I couldn't hear a word. Like just having somebody there, like makes it, you feel better. It makes me feel mm. much better because like um, my first worlds, 2017. I think I was the only black belt without you know a person wow. sitting on the corner, and like having somebody there really like it's just like for moral support so like just having him there like made me feel so much better can we just say what a great guy Mohammed is yes. for doing that right? yeah, yeah, yeah and he was about to fight Leandro and then yeah. he still did it and then maybe that helped his nerves though he got, yeah, to, he yeah. got to think about something else for a minute and like, he was coaching a bunch of people this year as well before yeah. he fought Marigali in the final eh? yeah so, he was coaching because you, re you remember him visiting us at the Lahiva actually this is interesting um, <laughs> because you, you you spoke to Mohammed not too long ago right, and, yeah, and you did the interview week. Yeah, and, and he was telling you about that like early stage in his career. I think he was a blue belt, right? Yeah, so mm -hmm. he told me that he was training at Team Nogueira doing the MMA yeah. thing, and then Minotaro suggested that he focus on jiu-jitsu because he was so young. He was like in his late teens. Yeah. And so he came to Daily he Divas. Was already a monster by that time. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was huge. <laughs> and he mentioned that's when he met you at. You guys were both blue belts. What was it like yeah. training with him as a, as a blue belt? Was he like an MMA guy, kind of going crazy strong? No, and <laughs> he, he was, he's always been super chill. He's mm -hmm. always like, it was always great training with him. And um, he, he he used to joke around like, oh, you defend pretty well. I can't choke you. But obviously he wasn't trying that hard. <laughs> but like, uh, it's always been like super great training with him. Like he would visit us. He was already a monster back then. And uh, so like we developed this friendship for only like a long time. And then like I remember uh, uh, Worlds, I think 2014, I was here in the US. I didn't compete, but like I, I saw him, like I talked to him and he, I think he won double gold that year at uh, Purple Belt. Mm. And like so, we had this relationship, uh, this uh, friendship for a very long time. And then like at Worlds, like I was freaking out. I didn't have anybody, so like I went there and asked him. And 
it was amazing that he did that. <laughs> and like right after that, he fought Leandro and then he won his first Worlds, which like I got so happy it's for. Really cool. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's funny actually. You mentioned like uh, I I never met Mohammed at the gym. Oh, I right. think because he trained in the early yeah, classes. Yeah, the 7 a.m. training. Ah, you will not find me in those classes. <laughs> 4 p.m. class, that was mine. That was the one I used to go to. But yeah. it's kind of um, interesting, actually. I, I wanted to ask you this, is that um, I remember when you were at Delahiva's, um, you would train like every class I would go, you would be there. Whether it was like <laughs> 7 a.m., whether it was 4 p.m. or 6 p.m., it seems like you were always in there on the mat. And you used to live like right across the street, right? Yeah, I still live there, but the oh. the Lahiva they just uh, they switched. In, you know, they mm -hmm. moved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I I didn't see them move because I was here already. Mm. But they moved. But yeah, I live right across from the gym. You haven't <laughs> been to the new gym yet? No, not yet, because they moved out. I was here already. Right. Mm -hmm. So you were training a lot, like hours every day. You were in the gym and on the mat. But with the traveling that you're doing, with the teaching that you're doing, the competing you're doing, how much do you train now? Not enough. Not, not, not enough. Because really? um, so I try and train at least once a day, but uh, because sometimes like I'll have uh, you know a class every day you know to teach and especially like with traveling because like you gotta wake up today for a flight like you don't really get to choose well what time is your flight because flights are crazy like even coming here to Austin my flight was six a.m. Mm. So like you don't really get to choose your fight. You, you got to see like what options they have, and that's like the day gone because you spent it traveling, yeah, right? So you that's your training traveling. gone, like yeah. Yeah, and uh, with um, you know international flight, like some t yeah, you lose a whole day. So I don't get to train as much now, but uh, I I try to do that at least like once a day, but definitely not uh, like I used to train. I was on the gym the whole day. Did you ever experience overtraining? A lot of people say that that was a problem for them. What was that like? Yeah, but uh, that was still when I didn't do jujitsu yet. I was in judo, and uh, it was a period like uh, I think it was uh, on because um, before I did engineering, I went to acting school. Okay. <laughs> so nice. it was a time that explains a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, this is me. This is always been me. It's not, <laughs> it's not from that. So um, and then they they. It was like a vacation, like a time, but then and then like I was waking up because the gym would open at six a.m. So I was waking up, uh, going to the gym at six a.m., doing the whole class. You know, like the they have like the spinning class, mm -hmm. like the jumping class. I was doing all the classes. I was working out and then going and training judo at night, and then like obviously, <laughs> obviously it didn't went well. So I did uh, experience some overtraining at that time. But when I was training jujitsu, not really because like when I felt I was you know too tired, I would I would just like chill and like. Mm. So you learned to listen to your body. Though. Yeah, yeah. Like I learned like sometimes you have to chill. You can't you can't be training like crazy. With age comes wisdom. Right? Yes. Um. What age? <laughs> <laughs> what are the plans? What's what, what have you got coming up next? What are you uh, what are you doing right now? And what's on the horizon? So I have uh, Master Worlds, and by the end of August, I love mm. the tournament. It's so much fun. 
It is a good one, right? We love Masters Worlds. It's It's, a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's it's less. uh, It's less serious than like the World Championships. Yeah, the Worlds. Yeah, one time uh, Lovato did a video like the difference between worlds. Oh yeah, that's great. And it was funny. Like the worlds, you're like, (laughs) and like you win by advantage. Like ah. (laughs) Masters Worlds. They just like give the guy a big hug, and it's it's like a celebration of jujitsu. It's good. Yeah, it's 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 very fun, and like uh, it's Vegas is so much fun. Like you walk around looking like all this stuff. Like I can't believe this is real. Like it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's super fun. So I have that, and like um, for the future, future, like I I want to have my own gym at some point. Just like trying to figure out like location and everything, because mm-hmm. I know you know, it's so much to think about. Because like uh, being an athlete translates nothing into owning a business. So right. Nobody nobody learns how to run a business when you're training jujitsu, right? Yeah. So that's something you need to learn. In addition to that's your a whole yeah. other thing that I need to learn and study and so. But I I would love like to have my own gym because I can't be traveling forever, you know. So at some point like I want to chill, having my own gym, like opening up my own business and stuff. Does that mean that you would stop competing though? No, I don't think so. I know that when you just open a gym, you, you kind of like you need like at least six months so you can establish yourself so like you can find people that can cover for you when you travel like people you trust obviously so i know it takes like a little bit of your time because i know people they have gyms and they still travel like you 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 can still travel when you have a gym but you you first got to establish some stuff first but uh, no i want to i want to be competing i don't know how long i'll be doing like worlds worlds but like stuff like master worlds and like even some of the opens like i think i'll be like competing for for a while very cool all right well guys I think it's um, probably time to, to wrap this up thanks so much for coming That's in Cloud Jerry. it's Thank really you fun for yeah. having me yeah <laughs> awesome and um, we've got plenty more stuff to do while you're here in Austin we're going to shoot some techniques tomorrow yeah. and uh, we're going to do some match breakdowns and some other fun stuff so it should be pretty cool and uh, just don't forget guys you can check all follow of that out follow me so my rapper. dad let's get this woman some more followers come on right so <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Fistful of Collars. Claudia, thank you so much for coming in. It's been an absolute pleasure. (laughs) And we'll see you guys again on the next one.